0: Hey guys, this is John with the CNT update for the 29th of December 2020. I'm here with my buddy Kristen Dare from the CNT Chamber of Commerce.
1: Hey everyone, thank you, John, for having me again.
0: Welcome aboard again. And then also we have a guest today, uh, Rob McNellis, city councilman from CNT and vice mayor this year, and he's also uh, a mortgage expert with Movement Mortgage.
2: He's a market leader. Um, <laughs> <laughs> market leader, yes. There that's you go. Email signature says that's that is the title, yes.
0: Yes, we do actually do a tiny bit of research prior to the show, like five minutes before. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Rob, um, how's everything going in the real estate market? How's everything going in the real
2: estate market? Well, uh, as far as the real estate market goes, it's going exceptional if you own a home. If you don't own a home, it's a little difficult right now to find one and get into it. Uh, Case Shiller, which is like the gold standard of uh, valuation, valuation of the market uh, just came out with their numbers today for appreciation and San Diego is the second in the entire country for appreciation year over year at 12%. No way! So from October of 2019 to October of 2020 properties in San Diego County have have appreciated on the average 12%. That's, it's just crazy. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: If you're a homeowner,
2: if you're a homeowner, the other side of that, however, is getting into a home. It's even more difficult. And the reason that, uh, The reason that it's that is appreciated so much so quickly is because the lack of inventory, Uh, just like finding toilet paper. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you're going to pay more when you find it, because there's not a whole lot of it out there. Well, that's what's going on with real estate. People are unfortunately having to pay more and more because we're not building enough real estate or building enough homes in San Diego County to keep up, even though I know I keep hearing people go, oh, yeah, but there's a major outflux of people from California. And I agree with that from California. However, in San Diego, we still have more people coming in than we have going out and the natural uh, um, uh, growth of families in San Diego County. So put that together, military population moving in, put all that together. We are not building nearly enough houses to just keep up with what's going on with growth.
0: I was on a presentation or or part of a presentation from Sandag uh, last week, and they talked about being uh, over the next several years being 100,000 housing units short. Of projections of what even with everybody moving out of California in general, so I totally know what you're talking about. And I was so excited. I've been working with a a buyer because uh, I'm a real estate guy. I've been working with a buyer uh, and that we uh, got it accepted earlier today, Congratulations. which is kind of a, thank you very much. It's kind of a big deal.
2: It is. It's difficult to do in today's market. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, what are some of your predictions for, or not your predictions, but what do you, what do you think 2020 is going to bring for the real estate market in general? I know a lot of my clients are are waiting it out and waiting for the bubble to pop.
2: And I totally get that. Uh, everybody, well, most everybody still remembers the mortgage meltdown of 2008 and nine, 10, so on and so forth. And what came out of that. And the difference between this market and that market is that there was plenty of inventory back then. Um, and loans were being given away like candy. People didn't have to qualify for anything, uh, Today, it's more difficult. I've been doing this for 30 years. It's probably more difficult today to get a loan than it has been in 30 years. Uh, there's more regulations, more qualifications, more like we're, we're doing verifications of employment to the day before that we fund the loan just to make sure people are still employed. It's it, it because of all the COVID stuff, it has become more difficult to attain financing than ever before. That may, means that we are and more people are putting more money down. So what that means is that People have equity in the properties, so God forbid something does happen. God forbid they end up having to give up the property. At least they're not upside down on them like they were back in the mortgage meltdown. Uh, the properties are being truly evaluated by independent appraisers now. There's not to, you don't get to go to your local mortgage broker. He gets to pick his buddy who's appraiser and just go and say, "Hey, what I need this value. Go find it for me." That's not the way it works anymore. You have to go through appraisal management companies that that are a middleman that are. Disassociated from the originator of the loan to make sure that that valuation of the of the value or the valuation of the house is accurate to the day that it was done. So, um, between more equity in in the properties to begin with, more skin in the game. Let's call it uh, the degree by which underwriters are making sure that people qualify. Number two, and number three, the lack of inventory as a whole, especially as we just discussed in San Diego County. You put all those three together. I don't see how in the next two, three, four years, there's going to be any sort of a crash. There's just, there's not enough, there's not enough property out there to sustain what's already happening. So.
0: Right. We have a really diverse economy in San Diego. And and so if we have one segment of the, of the market uh, tip a little bit, it's not going to knock us out like early, um, late nineties when it was all aerospace, there was a lot of aerospace businesses that left, you know, we don't have to worry about, Them leaving anymore because they're gone. Um,
1: That was my dad. (laughs) Do you know my dad used to commute from Santee to Long Beach? Oh, yeah. Every day because his division um, from general dynamics had closed down in San Diego and they had moved it up to McDonald Douglas in in long beach. And I still remember he got like a team of people all kind of in the East County region and they would trade off week by week. And that's how you had to make your living back then. If you wanted to stay in in that industry.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's a little different these days and, um, a lot of people are able to work from home and not have to commute. So, um, that's making it a little easier. Um, what else do you see going on, um, in the real estate market or in, in the city?
2: Well, uh, another thing that I – another reason that I believe that we're going to see a strong uh, real estate economy going forward into 2021 as well. Um, my, I'm guessing it's, we're probably going to see at least another 6% appreciation in 2021, which is crazy after a 12% appreciation in 2020. I could still it, – it's still there.
0: I, I know. I'm saying silly things like, yeah, this house is only 650000 yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: So, So this is funny. My, So, Rob, you know my husband and I really well. We do business with you and – Plan to continue doing business with you. So (laughs) thank you. (laughs) uh, But you know, but Brandon at home, you know, he's he's getting excited. We just had a house sell directly across the street from us, and then directly next door to us for six hundred for a two bed two bath, and six fifty for a three bed two bath. And he's kind of like rubbing his hands together with that you know greedy grin on his face, thinking this is amazing. It's just only you know bumping up our value. And then I have other friends who are kind of like you guys are saying or maybe a little bit scared waiting for that bubble to pop. And so what you're kind of telling us now is you don't think that's going to happen because no. of how different the market really is. So and- so for people who are on the other side. So we're we're fine. We're sitting pretty. We bought when the market was low anyway. But then we do have friends who have yet to make their first purchase. Like, you know, for them to to kind of continue to wait, do you think that's a mistake right now?
2: I Absolutely. think it's a mistake. I mean, uh, unfortunately, this is this isn't going to get better. And people always talk about like, oh, well, how could that how could it be possible? How could this continue to increase at this rate when incomes aren't increasing at that rate? Right. But the reality is you don't use 100 percent of your income to qualify for a mortgage. So it's it's all a percentage. So and you're not you're not paying cash for it. So it doesn't go up in the same manner. So it's basically a fifth. So you, you have to keep up with the fifth uh, rule of thumb about if, if rates stay where they are are relatively close to where they are. And by the way, I do see rates staying pretty darn close to where they are right now through 2021. So, and into 2022, realistically, um, I see them staying right around that, you know, 2.75 to three and a quarter ish in that half percent price range, which is still historically exceptionally great rates.
0: Um, I, I don't know how banks are making money lending it that cheaply.
2: Uh, well, there's a there's a lot of help. <laughs> the Fed is buying mortgage backed securities and uh, and bonds like like their candy. Uh, they're they're spending about a billion dollars a month. Uh, that's that's I'm sorry, 100 billion. I'm sorry. I was even 100 billion dollars a month. Slightly off. Yeah. To reinvest back into mortgage backed securities that are being. So basically, you know, a mortgage backed security as a it's a 30 year note uh, once that gets after 30 years, it's you know no longer ceases to exist. So it gets paid off. It's paid off. They're reinvesting that money back into more notes right away instead of taking that money and putting it aside for other things. So they're reinvesting money each and every single week uh, to really big tunes. They they stated openly that they were gonna they were gonna do 40 to 60 billion, but it's been for the last several months. It's been over a hundred billion. It's a, it's a, it's an unfathomable number.
0: Is that an administration's policy or is that a policy of the fed or whoever's making that decision?
2: It was, it was the fed chairs policy uh, to, to continue to do this. Um, And now the new fed chair that's in is even more, we call them dovish. So very strong on, Putting more money out, put more money out, put more money out there. Um, inflation is staying really low, uh, though they're trying to to bring some inflation in by keeping money cheap, so people will go buy things. But the problem is that there's not there's not a whole lot to buy because COVID has put a real damper on production lines. You can't stand shoulder to shoulder with somebody on the production line and put the widgets together. If you're, you know, it took six COVID.
0: weeks for my daughter to get a refrigerator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had a client that had to buy a garage style fridge, like old school yeah. with one door with a freezer on the top because they had it's to, the
2: only thing they could get,
0: they had to buy two fridges, one that was in stock and then one's like a, like a dorm fridge,
2: mm-hmm. right? You get them through until the other one that is comes into stock.
0: Exactly. It's
1: like that across the board for things during COVID though. I mean, we've even had a hard time buying a, a, Children's book for one of my nieces or nephews, I forget now, who we were looking for something and we couldn't find a book because books aren't even being printed as much as they were before. Nothing and is, and nothing's, yeah, just everything's gone cuckoo.
2: And so until until we can get people back on production lines, until we can get people back in factories, until we can get people safely back to their to their jobs, uh, this is going to continue to be an issue. So what we talk about, you know, we want to see people buying. That'd be great. They're getting all these incentives and some people are still making a lot of money, but there's just nothing to buy. So cars, I look at cars. I mean, the cars, the price of cars have gone up in the beginning of COVID. It was like the first month it was a ghost town on any car dealership. Now they can't, they can't get enough cars in inventory. People are just, they're buying them. They're looking to buy something.
0: Yes. With more people staying at home and doing more things. uh, I hear workout equipment is is flying off the shelf. I tried to buy a guitar the other day. Yeah. That's made right here in El Cajon.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I have to have it shipped from back east to my house, but I could, you know, it's three miles away from my house where they make them. It's nuts.
1: Yeah. You did a lot of local shopping for Christmas, didn't you?
0: I did as much as I could, as much as COVID would let me.
1: Yeah.
0: This was, this was a weird year for shopping. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: But, but I mean, you were kind of mentioning John that there, there wasn't a lot that changed, you know, for you in terms of COVID outside of. Those two things, everything taking a little bit longer and maybe, you know, availability of product or uh, placement for you to sit down at a restaurant and have a meal, you know, but.
0: Yeah, well, things things have changed. You know, I try to respect everybody's space. I try to do all of the things that, but um, technically, you know, real estate agents and loan people, right. Loan officers are, um, um, what are we calling those people? Essential. Essential. We're essential. So we have to go out. And, and a lot of times what we're doing is, is meeting with people. Um, we're, you know, taking them out to lunch or we're showing them houses and then we have to stop and eat that kind of stuff. So that's kind of been a little weird. You know, they go in their car, I go in my car and then we sit down at a, a table and, do all the stuff you're supposed to do. If, if somebody's, can find a table. if we can find a table, there's yeah. some speakeasies out there. And if uh, you eat out on a regular basis, you know where they are.
1: Yeah. Even yesterday, you and I uh, were going to sit down and do a meeting and we can't even grab a coffee and dine indoors right now anywhere or outdoors for that matter. So we grabbed coffees and drove around and checked out, you know, in full circle here, some of the new housing developments in town. Exactly. We wanted to kind of see what was up and coming as this housing crisis continues.
0: Exactly. So we just totally cut you off. You're talking about production drop Rob.
2: No, oh, no. Yeah. You. I mean, this is, this is your podcast. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just along for the ride for today. Well, we're
0: trying to make it interesting at least. Okay. So then you um, probably shouldn't have had me on it. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> first you're, you're, mistake. First. <laughs> <laughs> you're saving us. You're helping us out here. Throwing us a lifeline. Okay. So, um, we're seeing that the 2021 probably rates are staying the same demand is still going to be high for, for Very housing. So, well, what kind of impact that, um, you know, as a city councilman, I'm assuming that you don't have, um, day to day operations knowledge of what's going on in the city, but you know, what's going on in the city generally. Is that accurate? Am I off there? Yeah, generally? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So how has the pandemic impacted, uh, the city, um, and then how, what, what do you see happening in 2021, assuming that we're going to be locked up on and off all year long, like we are now?
2: How dare you say that?
0: <laughs> um, well, I just saw something on the Facebook that said on that, the Facebook on the Facebook that said, that, yeah, I was on the line and I saw that, um, they're expecting to extend the uh, stay at home orders for another couple of weeks.
2: A couple of weeks. Well, this whole thing was only going to be for two weeks to begin
0: with. Yeah, so I think we're we're almost in day. Uh, what a two hundred and twenty. Yeah, uh, three hundred twenty of.
2: It's definitely ten. had a major impact in the city of Santee um, and every city surrounding us. Uh, it's uh, even more so now because people are about fed up. I mean, there's you have you know two two coalitions, the ones that are absolutely die hard. I don't care no matter how long this takes. You're wearing a mask. We're not going outside. We're not doing anything. Our life stops outside of uh, outside of our household and don't talk to anybody else. And then you have the other extreme of, you know, I don't care. I'm never going to wear a mask now. I'm done with it. And I'm going to my life is not going to change one bit. And we're seeing more conflict between those two uh, arise in different locations, different places uh, just due to a mask or lack thereof. Um, we're seeing, uh, I mean, obviously the difficulties with our small businesses is it's absurd. It's, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can allow somebody, okay, open up and then tomorrow. Oh, sorry. Now you're shut down again. Oh, wait, tomorrow, the next week you can open up again. And then two days later, oh, sorry, you're shut down when there's inventories that they have to buy. There's people that they have to hire and put in place, uh, schedule and bring, you know, incentivized to come. Into their store, shop, whatever, with you know, away from their extra money that they're getting from the government on unemployment, and gain, come in to actually work for you know an honest wage, and with that, it's it's put these these small businesses yet further either in the hole or out of business altogether. Um, it's one of the saddest things
0: we've seen that. Oh yeah,
1: we've, we've been. I mean, as the chamber, our, yeah, and this is our whopping what seventh podcast that we've done, but. Um, You know, we've been talking about the impact on the business community the whole time, and that's something, obviously, that's um, clearly near and dear to my heart with the chamber world. And, you know, you're a recovering chamber addict, you know, John, so you feel the same way. And you're a huge supporter. Both of you guys are, you know, being business folks in town and supporting the local businesses. So, um, you know, not to totally put you on the spot, but that's the fun thing to do on shows like these. But we've seen other city councils or i guess mayors especially in neighboring towns who have taken kind of a more formal stance against some of those larger maybe county or state mandated regulations for businesses because um, some of the science doesn't line up you know they're asking us to follow the science and then we trace and track and do all that stuff and then the industries that have the harshest regulations don't tend to be the ones with you know the outbreaks and, and things like that so Has Santee, as a council or or anything, had, you know, discussions on how you're going to, I guess, respond to the county regulations that come down and state mandates that come down? Um, You know, being an incorporated city, you you kind of can provide an additional watchful eye, so to speak. uh, You would think. To either assist or, I don't know, maybe you're just kind of letting... I'll I'll let you speak to that.
2: (laughs) So... Long question, I think there, Sorry. but um, so I do believe I really truly do believe that uh, that all of this, you know, that this is all been very much driven by the science. I really do. Uh, I mean, for the first month, it was medical science. And since then, it's been political science. So this is it's crazy the way things are being flip flopped around. Um, I, I, I think we've lost sight of what what. The real goal was to begin with, and that was just to, one, flatten the curve, too, to make sure that our our hospitals don't get overrun. And from what we've learned from all of the last year, basically, is, is helped make sure that we're doing the right things in the right places to still make sure that hospitals aren't getting overrun, which is the main goal, and that those that are most vulnerable are the ones that are protected. So we stand by that as a city, but by the same token, there are – Hundreds of thousands of people that um, are not, frankly, going to be as affected by this virus should they contract it. Um, Everybody now knows somebody that has it. Um, Everybody knows somebody that got very sick. And they also we all know a bunch of people that had it. And, you know, it was akin to a flu. Um, to right. some,
0: it, maybe even a cold, and and some have passed away,
2: and so and yeah, and some have passed away, and those, like I said, those most vulnerable, and uh, it's you know trying to protect those that are most vulnerable, but you can't, in my opinion, you can't stop society as a whole for you know just for the the possible protection of a of a few that could do better to protect themselves by literally staying at home, um, having having people help bring things to them. And those are the things that we need as a city should be doing is providing those services so that nobody's, you know, having to go, you know, their kids aren't, aren't going out and doing things and putting mom and dad or grandma and grandpa in, in harm's way um, because they've got some underlying um, illnesses that could, that could complicate any possible COVID um, infections. So we are doing that. The issue that's, you know, this, yes, city of Santee is an incorporated city. But we contract law enforcement with the county. Mm-hmm. So if you're in El Cajon, you're in La Mesa, you have your own PD. You are truly the law of the land. You, uh, The council can say, hey, we're going to do this and we're not going to do that. Chief, you enforce this. Right. And that's what A little, happens.
1: Yep. A little different A little.
2: here. Yeah. <laughs> they The county sheriff is still the county sheriff and they still have... Uh, to answer to the county officials. So with that, we don't have the same um, uh, abilities as some of the other cities, even though it's still an incorporated city. Now we, I st- I started the the call to action. I mean, just to even try and get some of our uh, sports, our, our sports fields opened up for the kids. Like we're saying it's okay for adults to play sports, but our kids who are even less susceptible to anything.
0: Wait a minute. Adults can play sports. I play Sunday nights at the sportsplex. No, and we mean, haven't played
2: talking about professional sports. Oh, oh, oh like <laughs> where there's, where there's money involved.
0: I was talking play. about serious sports. Or, okay. Yeah, Sunday are, night. Are, are you
1: involved in any uh, professional sports, John, where you're paid to play?
0: Oh no, no definitely no. not. Weird. I pay to play. Oh yes. Uh, uh, colleges,
2: you know, they're allowed to play sports and things of that nature, but our kids who are less susceptible to the virus and to uh, injury uh, from the virus, are not allowed to play sports. And I mean, we're having people driving. And I, once again, I bet you both know people as well. Uh-huh. They're driving to Arizona every other week, or at least once a month to play tournaments in Arizona. We're talking and they're playing against other San Diego teams. Yeah. In these tournaments for soccer, for softball, for whatever the case may be, you know, when
1: we have world class facilities right here in town, we're not able to use. It's disappointing,
2: to say the least. Very disappointing. So these are the things that we um that I would like to see open back up and and moved along so that we're we're not forcing our citizens to I mean, to take these long drives with a truckload of kids. I mean, all in the same car anyways. And I mean, it's it's crazy that we're saying that uh, we're doing this to protect them and to not have them together, but they're still going to be together. They're still doing it by driving together, staying in hotel rooms together, um, paying exorbitant amounts of money to stay at some of these hotel rooms because these places in Arizona know where you're going
0: to go. Supply yeah. and demand.
2: Supply and demand. Back right. to that again. So I'd uh, like to see that opened up. Um, we did sign with the mayor and uh, the uh, – The majority of the city council um, had signed on to a letter for uh, local control. Uh, It's a letter going to the state uh, for more local control. Stop trying to tell us what's best for our backyard. Let us determine what's best for our backyard. Hmm. Um, That was the whole reason that we became a charter city to begin with. And little by little, uh, the state government has figured out a way to remove the rights of charter cities and basically – strip them all together. So it's, uh, it's almost a moot point that we, that we did that now, but uh, it was something that was very innovative when we did it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but at the end of the day, if you know that you're in a high risk um, category, stay at home, take, take care of yourself, protect yourself. And you know, I always tell my parents they're in their, their mid to late seventies, stay home. Right. Yeah. If we're going to have a birthday party for Katie, excuse me, a grandchild, we mask up, we do it in the backyard. We try to be as responsible as possible because we we don't want anybody to get sick. Right. But at the same time, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a life to live. You got got to live. Yeah. And and we try not to live in fear. Not that anybody that is following the letter of the law or the letter of the guidelines, that's your thing. We have some family members that are are, are very much into that. That's cool. Do your thing. But your thing shouldn't affect My any thing. anybody else's thing. That's my position. Anyway, how about you, uh, Kristen?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah all okay. that and then some. <laughs> H- happy end to 2020. Yes, we
0: were trying to be super duper positive. And what are we looking forward to? For, yes, yeah, we did. So um, to sum it up, if you want to buy a house, buy one sooner rather than later. I always tell my clients the deal on a house is... Is getting a house. You might not get the carpet you want, the color of paint, all that wonderful stuff. Getting the house is the deal these days and um, making sure that you uh, have a lone person that's um, looking out for your best interest and doing what they can to make sure.
1: That's a good pun, your best interest.
0: Oh, very funny. pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, anyway, (laughs) so we're looking forward to 2021. Uh, Goodbye, 2020. And, uh, Goodbye, Santi. Update. We'll see you at the next one. Thanks, guys.
2: You got it.